Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, no matter when it is. Happy whatever. Justin Roberts here, happy to bring to you the first official episode of the Talk Mania podcast. Talk Mania podcast, we're doing a great job. I'm not even going to retake it. Fuck that. Uh, the first official episode of the Knuckle Sandwich podcast as part of the Talkamania Network. It is bright and early, Tuesday morning, quarter to seven, which may explain my ineptitude at Englishing, but we're going to stick with it. That's the beauty of this podcast, is I plan on doing zero editing whatsoever, <laughs> or at least a minimal amount, and just kind of shooting it off the cuff and sending it to you raw. Speaking of raw... I guess, if we're going to do anything, now that the the formalities are out of the way, and thank you for tuning in no matter when this is, we got to start with the elephant in the room. we got to start with the little bit of action, or rather inaction, that occurred on Raw last night, now don't we? So, let's definitely jump into it. Um, Brock Lesnar, would-be UFC heavyweight title contender and current fruit roll-up champion. Uh, that's the universal title, for those who didn't get the joke. It's because it's got a red strap, like a fruit roll-up. I thought it was funny. Uh, Brock Lesnar was in attendance in the building as he was contractually obligated to be but never bothered to ever get out there in the ring and make an actual appearance. And made it, in the segments that they shot, uh, made it very clear that the way they're trying to go about this is just Brock not caring for the company at large as well as its fan base. So basically just saying, I'm here, aren't I? This is what you wanted. I'm in the building. Well, Brock, you got to go out there and do stuff. I'll go out there when I want to go out there. I don't want to go out there. I hate all these people. Fuck you guys. It's, it's basically the, the closest thing that they came to do. And it, had it not been for the whole, you know, PG and television stuff, I'm I'm willing to bet that Brock would have definitely dropped the F-bomb on that one. Because that's just how he rolls. Um, and all of that hype to lead to what was essentially just him fucking slamming Kurt Angle. Which I don't understand the benefit of. I really don't understand the benefit of Kurt Angle taking a bump in this whole situation. I, I don't see how that is a that leads to a payoff. I think it's just for for heat. And it was certainly one way of getting heat. I know my I know uh J-Bomb was definitely displeased with it um, on Twitter, and to me, I'm thinking, yeah, okay. I'm as a fan, yeah. When the guy's in the building and they're just shooting segments where he doesn't want to go out there, and then when he finally does go out there, you get, you know, dick all. But in the grand scheme of things, I realize why they're doing that, and it does make sense. Now, whether or not they're going to do this again, I mean, they do have a few weeks between now and SummerSlam. So it would make sense for them to try that again, where, where Kurt's going to try to, again, get him contractually obligated to make this appearance and, and, and make some kind of public effort, I guess. All in all, to have it 
still constantly just come off as Brock doesn't even want to be there. You know, he doesn't want to come to work. That's basically it. He'd rather be in the UFC. And that's what they want, right? Because if you get the entire fan base to hate on Brock, then ideally, ideally, it would be easier to have them support Roman Reigns. And I think that is entirely why they're doing it the way that they are doing it. I mean, it's it's pretty simple logic. You get a bad guy that you have so much heat on that everyone is hating on this guy. Ideally, it would just mean that the, all they're going to do is support the good guy. And that's what they've wanted for all this time. They want this unanimous positive response behind Roman Reigns. And I still don't know if they're going to get it. But that is the beauty of the situation and, and why they also have that uh, that briefcase basically hanging in the background. Um, quickly, while we mention that, I know that they had teased in the program that it might happen to be that uh, Braun Strowman, current Money in the Bank briefcase holder, would have gone out to the ring while Brock was out there in an attempt to cash in on him and, and get that title opportunity right away. I honestly don't see why they didn't do it. I'm not necessarily saying have Braun cash in the briefcase, but I'm saying when Brock was out there and going to wreak havoc on Kurt Angle, it would have only made sense for Braun to have made his way out to the ring and then have Brock, you know, with the distraction if he was going to uh, deliver the F5 to Kurt Angle, do so amidst the Braun entrance um, distraction because everybody's focuses on bronze and then Bro uh, Brock could take advantage of the opportunity and slam Kurt Angle and then bail hop the guardrail too, whatever just to get out of the building so you have this okay so not only does he have Roman to look out for now he really does have Braun to look out for too now again this also means that it would be wise to continue to have Brock on the television program between now and SummerSlam so that you can have more of this foreshadowing where you can have these circumstances where Brock is out in public, um, out under the, the eyes of the, of the fans, and Braun tries to get one in on him. But Brock always, you know, like, like the wily villain... You know, on you know, I'll get you next time, gadget, that kind of thing. Where Brock gets away, and Braun's like, "Next time, I'm gonna fucking get you. Next time, I'm gonna get a little bit closer each time. But once, I am gonna get my hands on you, and when I do, you're mine." That kind of focus. That's something that you should be doing. I, well, I say that. That's just one guy's perspective, obviously, and that's what this show's all about. But. On the subject of the briefcase, not so much the briefcase that bothers me, but this whole Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens now over the briefcase, I think it's very foolish on WWE's part to have Kevin Owens on their television program so quickly after the big cage bump he took not two weeks ago, not even, just over a week. I have a feeling that they kept him on live events because I've, I've certainly seen on Twitter he's he's known to harass the, their social media manager guy. And Kevin is still appearing on all these live events. It makes no sense to me. If you want a bump like that that he took to be taken seriously in the eyes of the fans, you absolutely 
need him to be off of television to essentially sell the bump that he took. Hell, if you're going to have him on your program at all, if anything, do some pre-tapes like from the hospital with his recovery and how when I'm back, I'm going to get you, Braun. I'm going to get you back for what you did. You know, you, you, not only did you hurt me, you took, you know, you took food off my table. You took food away from my kids, you know, that kind of thing. Not necessarily to make Braun seem like the bad guy, but to really sell the injury as potentially being legitimate. And more importantly, just really sell the severity of the bump that Kevin took. Because a lot of people don't understand. When the guy shows up on TV the next week or the week after that, people just think, oh, he's fine. You know, the announce table, whatever, they put padding or whatever, broke his fall. Like, people just immediately jump to the the fake conclusion and that everything's fine. Like, he wasn't hurt at all, and I, I'm almost willing to bet that, that he was. At the very least, he was certainly banged up. So, in again, it, it is my point of view. If it were me, I would certainly make the effort to at least pay Kevin the time that he's going to be off the television program because we're going to do these pre-tapes. Right or or you know, kind of follow up with him during his recovery and make sure that he gets paid for not being on the road all the time, you know. To take a bump like that, you can't just go back to work uh, the next day or what have you. You do need proper time to recover, and if that can be done to really get the people to believe how dangerous you know it, the circumstances were that he just went through, not you know one day, two day one week, two weeks ago. Because again, any normal human being, you're not just up and at them just like that. I think if they could do that, then it might make this whole thing a little bit more believable. And and as well, a lot of credit goes to Kevin for, for taking that kind of risk. I know a lot of people have conflicting opinions. I myself, I'm, I'm not overly crazy about Kevin taking the risks that he takes. Um, not just in WWE, but I mean in his tenure in Ring of Honor and PWG and all these other places, he was known for taking these outlandish risks where he really did not need to be to put himself in that kind of sacrifice. You know, I believe in doing the most with the least, you know, getting the best result and doing the least amount possible that you could do to potentially injure yourself. And I mean, goodness knows that... Kevin has taken a lot of really dangerous bumps over the years, not only in his tenure in WWE, but again, in his career, you know, his dozen plus years prior to that, you know, there's only so many bumps that you can take. So you got to be careful, I guess. That's just something that I felt that needed to be stressed in addition to this whole uh, the bump that he took in Extreme Rules and this whole briefcase situation and how it relates to the SummerSlam picture. So that's... I'm not going to jump into everything else that took place on Raw because A, I didn't really watch it completely because I, I was working. And second, that's what uh, that's what J-Bomb and Dez are for. I'm sure they're going to go down the show and talk about that. So that was my snippet on Raw this week. So, since we're on the subject of televised wrestling, I think now would be a good time as any um, to mention that um, in my last episode on uh, on the actual the main Talkamania network of independent thoughts, I mentioned that I had watched, uh, I caught the Impact Wrestling pay-per-view Slammiversary, 
and that I was going to make a conscious effort to watch their weekly programming from here on out. And so far, I have stuck to that plan 100%. We're one for one, people. We're off to a great start. Um, I caught last Thursday's show, their, their pop TV program. Um, I thought it served its purpose uh, coming out of the Slammiversary pay-per-view to kind of talk about what had occurred and how they can continue to move the storylines in that direction in addition to uh, the week's main event being a rematch as the X Division Championship had changed hands on Sunday's pay-per-view when Brian Cage beat Matt Seidel. So that was the rematch which headlined uh, the week's show. Another good match between Brian Cage and Matt Seidel. I think those two guys actually have some really good chemistry um, for being, you know, two very completely different looking uh, types. Matt Seidel, the flyer, and Brian Cage just is, is jacked to shit for a guy, you know, who's, you know, maybe just a little over 200 pounds, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's higher on that. But he hangs with the quick guys and he hangs with the best of them. Um, and, and in phenomenal fashion. And of course, uh, Brian Cage had come out on top once again, uh, using his drill claw, which if you're familiar with the Steiner screwdriver, that's what that is. And that is a nasty move in and of itself. Um, the rest of the show, like I said, top to bottom was good. We had, um, Austin Aries kind of gloating over his victory only to be jumped by Eddie Edwards. So it seems like now that Eddie Edwards and Tommy Dreamer are done, Eddie Edwards is now fixating himself on Austin Aries and trying to get back into the world title picture, um, which also led to a backstage segment involving um, Austin Aries um, cutting into um, Anthony Corelli's conversation with their backstage interviewer, Alicia Atout. Um, and that is Santina Morella, by the way, when I, when I say Anthony Carrillo, for those unfamiliar. Uh, the formerly known as Santino Morella, uh, they had their segment uh, or an interview and Austin cut into it and kind of challenged him to fight, but obviously him being sidelined with a, with a neck injury, like his in-ring career is pretty much done, but he did have a student on hand and Austin had challenged that particular student and the student was quick to, to step it up and say, yeah, if you're, if you're offering me a title match, absolutely. I'll do that next week. So we've got a match for next week. I, I suspect that Austin Aries is going to make quick work of this young lad. Um, and then they had some other segments, you know, just kind of talking about what happened with the, uh, with the knockouts championship. That's the women's championship for those unfamiliar with the impact wrestling product. Um, and the Sammy Callahan and Pentagon Jr. fallout um, in their mask versus hair match that led to Sammy Callahan getting his head shaved, and that was a violent match. Like if you if you have the opportunity to go back and check that that show out, Slammiversary, by all means do so. I know I mentioned that um, on my last uh, independent thoughts over the weekend, but I want to stress that further. It's really good show top to bottom. I really feel that if you are a wrestling fan and you feel that the WWE product has kind of insulted your intelligence and you want something that's a little bit edgier, a little bit more PG-13, a bit more adult-oriented, you know what I mean? That is where you will find it, without a doubt. There's no excuse. You can't use the whole, I don't know where to go and I don't... I don't want to stay up for Japan shows. and No, you don't have to do that. It's Thursday nights. 
There's no other wrestling on that night, ideally. So by all means, there, there's and, and Impact Wrestling are, are making ways of making their product available on YouTube as well as their global wrestling network too. So you can go back and, and catch all the previous stuff as well. There's no excuse not to. And if you're upset with what you're given on Mondays and Tuesdays, now's the time to make the jump and at least stick your toes in the pool and see how nice the water is. Because I can tell you, one pay-per-view down, one weekly show down, it had my attention for the full, I think it was hour and a half-ish or whatever it was. Good. Good. I enjoyed it a great deal, and I look forward to watching more. The only thing that actually, I guess, because it can never be perfect, the one thing that got me, and, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to, I'm kind of withholding judgment about this because she just debuted, is the new uh, Scarlet character the last name escapes me and i apologize um she debuted on the show this week just in a segment not not wrestling so i suspect that she will be wrestling i would hope but the character is very um adult oriented i guess and she's trying to portray herself as trying to use her femininity and her sexuality in order to push her agenda as a female rights activist, if I understand correctly. Although she's definitely not a babyface character. She is a bitch. Uh, matter of fact, when Alicia Tout had interviewed her in what was definitely the burn of the evening, uh, she had cut Alicia off at one point and said, shut up, five, a ten is talking. And <laughs> it was definitely... Uh, something to be seen and how she she wants to portray herself like I said she wants to be an activist and, and Alicia had said oh like Susan B. Anthony and Scarlett was like oh no gross ew no I'm talking like Cardi B and Marilyn Monroe and it's like oh fuck you know Marilyn Monroe I could put up with but when she said Cardi B it's just oh for fuck's sakes here we go so that's why I'm a little sour on it right now and how she's trying to, I think as she put it, bring sexy back to wrestling. I think with all the strides that women's wrestlers are, are, are putting out in this day and age, especially looking at what WWE is finally doing in, in almost catching up to Impact Wrestling, because Impact Wrestling were the first ones to have an all-female pay-per-view. They did it years ago. And how for a while, before the women's revolution started, in the WWE product, mostly due to NXT and the the four horsewomen, the Impact Wrestling product, at least the Knockouts division, was leaps and bounds ahead of what WWE's offering was. Right? They had the Knockouts Championship, WWE was still dealing with the Divas Championship. And it wasn't the same caliber of athlete, I find, as it is today. But now I almost feel, I'm worried. I'm a little, not worried, but um, I'm just mildly concerned that with this Scarlet character, it's going to try to go back a step as opposed to forwards. But again, she just debuted. We just had one segment. She hasn't stepped in the ring yet. I think it's it's too soon to make the call. It's just I've got my eye on it. You know what I mean? And I, and I think uh, anybody else, especially with 
you know, the WWE getting ready for their uh, first ever all-female pay-per-view in October. I think if you're paying attention to women's wrestling, you kind of want to keep your eye on this Scarlet character and see where that goes. I, I hope I'm wrong. I certainly hope I'm wrong. And it ends up being a perfect, uh, a perfect addition to their already stellar female roster. Roster, because it is a stellar roster. Um, yeah, and that's that's basically it. Let's just keep our eyes on it for now. But uh, all in all, great show from Impact Wrestling this past week. I can't wait to see uh, this upcoming Thursday show and see how things continue from there as they build towards their big pay per view in October in New York City for Bound for Glory. So the last thing for this week that I want to talk about is the show I saw on Sunday night on Powerbomb.tv from the fine folks at Beyond Wrestling with their show American Rana 2018. Uh, This was a show that I was looking forward to and I was just waiting for the opportunity to kind of make the jump and and get officially started with Powerbomb.tv and I'm glad I did because they had a special promo code uh, Beyond Live which you couldn't probably use actually right now to get a 20 day free trial as opposed to what I believe is the usual either one week or 10 day trial before it goes to the usual monthly billing period and I was not disappointed in the least by what I saw. Not bad for a Sunday evening show. It started around 7 o'clock, and I believe the main event concluded just before midnight. Um, Being an independent show, obviously, they had an intermission in the middle of the show, and then due to the nature of the main event, there was another intermission so that they could set up for the main event. And that main event was a no-rope, barbed-wire death match um, to hopefully settle the very (laughs) intense rivalry uh, that was between the bad boy Joey Janela and the product David Starr, two of my personal favorites. Um, And they made the announcement as well just before the match had started that this this would be uh, Joey Janela's final death match in his career. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe this was David's first, and I would hope his only. Um, not that the match was disappointing by any stretch of the imagination, because it wasn't. I just, these two guys that I generally have, not to say a vested interest in, but I've been watching their careers, and I greatly enjoy what they bring to the table, and I didn't want to see either of them getting hurt. Uh, especially with dangerous circumstances such as those. Um, But the match was uh, unbelievable. Uh, There's not a whole lot that I can say that won't ruin it, so all I can really suggest is hopefully that show will be available up again since they do the live stream, and then you can catch it again, I guess, a number of days later after they've you know, edited it or, or put it back up for, for actual VOD viewing, I highly recommend you check it out. And like I said, the show Top to Bottom was great. Between a four-on-four tag between the guys from Team Pazuzu and the girls from Team Women's Wrestling Revolution, that was a great four-by-four uh, four against four to start things off. 
Um, the rest of the card, too, Matt Riddle and Filthy Tom Lawler against Nick Gage and Matt Tremont, who Matt Tremont looked like he'd been through hell the night before. Just uh, I saw how many gashes and stuff he had all over him, and then I believe the commentators had mentioned that he had worked for CZW the night before, and it's like, oh, Christ, yeah, okay, uh, that would make sense. He's probably all still cut up and all bloodied up and stuff from the night before. It didn't take much for like his gashes to look like they were going to open up again. Um, we had uh, Tracy Williams, hot sauce Tracy Williams, defending his uh, Powerbomb.tv Independent Wrestling Championship. Uh, that was against Wheeler Yuta, who's one of my buddy Sean's uh, favorites. Wheeler Yuta with the really cool... Uh, face mask and such. Um, Jonathan Gresham was in action as well. Uh, he took on, it was supposed to be, I believe, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, but Friedman was still nursing an injury, I guess maybe from earlier in the weekend. So they found a, re a replacement in Trent Beretta, which is amazing. I haven't seen Trent in a while since he moved up to heavyweight in New Japan, and I haven't seen him a whole lot on their, uh, on their shows as of late, so it's good to see him in action again. Um, a couple of big lads, typical big lad wrestling, actually a couple of big lad wrestling matchups, first of which, um, Josh Briggs against Brody King, and then later, just before the main event, uh, Brian Cage, who I mentioned earlier, the Impact Wrestling X Division Champion, against PCO, Pierre Carl Willette, who is like, what, 50 now? And <laughs> the man is still capable of doing some pretty amazing things, and he held nothing back. Like, I, I know I'm leaving a few matches out, because, but I don't, I don't want to drag on about it too much, because I would rather you check this out. And again, the best way that you can do that is by going to powerbomb.tv and signing up for your membership with the code BEYONDLIVE to get a 20-day membership, and then it continues with regular billing after that, so if you're not overly crazy about it, you can cancel before it renews. No, no harm will come to you. No charges will come to you. I don't know why I said no harm will come to you. It's very Liam Neeson of me. No harm will come to you. Make sure you cancel before the trial is up, and there will not be any charges. Otherwise, you will be found, you will be charged, and I will kill you. Um, I don't know where the fuck that came from, sorry. Uh, but yeah, if, you, if you're not pleased by it, you can cancel before the trial period concludes and you won't be charged. Although I really can't say, I can't see why you would be dissatisfied with it. Be, uh, Powerbomb.tv uh, has shows both live and VOD from a number of promotions, not only around North America, but also around the world. Uh, for those closer to home like myself, I mentioned uh, in my previous show, in Independent Thoughts, you know, that uh, Capital City Championship Combat, C4, uh, C4 is, is one of the promotions that is on Powerbomb.tv, and I believe they've done the occasional live broadcast through there before as well. Um... Combat Zone Wrestling is on Powerbomb.tv. Chikara is on Powerbomb.tv. Um, oh my goodness, there's one that, that I had in my head and it's escaping me. And I feel bad about that. Um, oh my goodness, what was it? Shit, it's going to come to me afterwards, but uh, I'm not going to dwell on it too much. Um, but yeah, it, it is a great service. So I highly recommend you check it out, especially if you're looking for something to watch. Again, 
you know, if, if, if you don't want to watch Impact, that's fine. If you want to watch wrestling when you want to watch wrestling and you're looking for something that isn't the WWE Network, there you go. Perfectly good service right there. A plethora, that's right, a plethora, not even just a plethora, an absolute smorgasbord, a cacophony of available shows and promotions from all over the globe are literally at your fingertips. That's Powerbomb.tv. I highly recommend you check it out and you watch Beyond Wrestling's American Rana 18. I enjoyed the hell out of it and I'm glad I stayed up late. It actually caused me to miss the G1 Climax matches from the following morning because I just was not going to stay up. And on that note, I think I'm going to try to go catch those now. So until next time, whenever that may be, I want to thank you for listening. Keep tuning in. Uh, enjoy the guys when they put out their show later on today, tomorrow. Um, J-Bomb and Daz at Talkamania. I'm sure they're going to talk about Raw as a whole. And I'm sure they're also going to talk about SmackDown as a whole. Whenever that happens later on tonight, they'll put that out. Always keep an ear out for that. And keep an ear out for me. And you can always hit me up too if you have questions about anything I talked about today. Anything you'd like me to address next time around. Or just some banter. Uh, Twitter is always a good way to go. Obviously, I've got both my accounts, the one you, you're already familiar with, at, just, at Justin S. Roberge. Um, but, of course, I'm slowly switching over to this new account as well, uh, specifically for this podcast, and that being the Knuckle Sandwich Podcast, but Twitter only being 15 characters, is Knuck Sand Pod. K-N-U-C-K, Knuck, S-A-N-D, Sand, P-O-D, Pod. At Knuck Sand Pod, you can hit me up there, any questions you have, any comments you have. My DMs are oh so slide-inable at all times. Uh, yeah, and don't be shy, because I appreciate it. And I appreciate you listening to this, and I look forward to yelling at you next time. Until then, uno dos, adios amigos.